0: welcome you're about to be ushered past the velvet rope and into a world of hyper effective salesmanship that's understood and used only by the world's most notoriously rich and successful marketers we're taking a journey deep inside the human brain past the surface clutter and into the psychological insights to answer the one crucial question what makes people buy i'm your host kevin rogers along with the most ripped-off and respected copywriter alive, John Carlton. And this is Psych Insights for Modern Marketers. Hey everybody, welcome back to Psych Insights for Modern Marketers. Another hot episode with my dear friend and partner, John Carlton. How are you feeling, John?
1: I'm feeling pretty good. If my voice is a little rough, it's because we're swamped with uh, smoke from California burning off the map Mm. with wildfires. So we've had some very bad air quality here lately, and my voice tends to choke up a little bit. Other than that, doing swell for an early Thursday morning.
0: It seems like the least you could do in Nevada is squirt a hose their way.
1: (laughs) we're lucky we're in fire season here we're lucky we're not fried to a cinder yet but we've yeah. just been skating i don't know angels hovering over the town but <laughs> well, they have no water to put
0: it out right i mean they're not even supposed to be drinking this stuff at this
1: well place. they ain't getting tahoe i tell you that
0: <laughs> <laughs> we will fight for tahoe we will defend tahoe <laughs> so uh you know big topic today uh especially for 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 any entrepreneurs out there uh, you know, sort of hitting middle age or above, certainly if you're a boomer. Uh, this comes. This came up between John and I. John's uh, uh, a boomer, a proud boomer. Talk a lot about that. I am 45 years old, so I feel like I'm smack in the middle of my existence. And uh, most entrepreneurs are, I shouldn't say most, but, you know, it, it takes a while to figure out that you need to go solo. And, and most of us don't get started somewhere until our 30s and uh so it's sort of this interesting crossroads in figuring out you know how what is hip do i need to be hip how do i stay hip uh within my own framework without trying to look hip which is deadly <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there's sort of this like this tech end of it yeah. and uh john you know you're someone who famously has really stayed with it tech wise, but there are also times where you feel out of it. And part of that is just because, ah, things are very different. And the other part of it is, ah, I just choose not to give a shit about this particular thing. Huh. I mean, they all come so fast and, and, and hot at us now. It's like, we have to decide what we're gonna spend time investigating. So uh, this is a this is an interesting topic. And, and I think we're gonna, s- You know, shoot off a lot of fireworks, both for us and the listeners today. Um,
1: Yeah, it's it's you know it's it's funny. While you were talking, I was thinking about you know the time I spent with with uh, around Gary Howard as the tech changed so rapidly during the first ten years. I was his uh, pal and we were partners and doing stuff the tech didn't change it was all direct mail and print and then infomercials was the biggest change
0: 800, 800 numbers were on the cutting edge <laughs>
1: well 900 numbers actually nine, came okay. out you know it's funny that we, we had multiple people come to our hot seat seminars in like 1990 having bought a thousand nine hundred numbers you know and, the, and then they um, came and said so how do i get rich with this and gary and i would just look at it and say, it's going to be you know it's it's going to be porn you know, and they said, no, 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 it's going to be weather and sports and all this stuff. Wow. And and uh, actually, it turned out that uh, Psychic Hotlines actually made 900 numbers very famous and then had a rise and a fall, kind of like the stock market lately. Mm-hmm. And now I think 900 numbers are pretty much porn, <laughs> just as we <laughs> predicted. But but anyway, th- then the second half of Knowing Gary, you know, was was a, a post-2000, was where the web started to really grow. Mm-hmm. and. You know, I got to see, as a cautionary tale, I got to see him start to lose touch with stuff. You know, first he didn't want a cell phone. Then he got one. Then he became the guy with a cell phone when everyone else had an iPhone and things like that. (laughs) And this is not to put down Gary or anything. And, you know, our our buddies like uh, Dan Kennedy, you know, still, you know, refuses to have an email address. But, you know, he has staff that gets him online. You know, there's ways to work around it. Mm -hmm. But it's like I'm a cautionary tale now for the guys a little younger than me. And if anybody's a millennial or a early Xer here, you know, listening to this, you're thinking, well, that's not going to happen to me. Well, yeah, it is, and it's like it's almost why you need a friend ten years or more older than you, just and just to see how they're handling it, and you can laugh at them, you know, how clueless they sometimes seem when (laughs) they when they can't, you know, when they can't, you know, update an iPhone properly as 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 I failed to do recently. And, you know, you chuckle and you feel all superior and stuff like that. But just remember, you're going to be that guy pretty soon. You know, there's going to be hovercraft that, you know, the kids are going to be going to school on hover skateboards that yeah. you can't even get a balance on. You're going to, you know, you're going to hurt yourself seriously, breaking an arm at say, age 50. Yeah. Well,
0: you're, you mean you're actually driving your car? Nobody drives their car
1: anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, you know. so and, and then again, there's my father who is – uh um Uh, uh, Mm 95 who I talk every week on Skype with. He has Mm -hmm. a computer. I give him a call first and then he says, oh, you want to hop on Skype? Yes. We go over, we hop on Skype. He gets to see me and we're back and forth. Mm -hmm. He works the whole, um, uh, you know, headphone thing. He's able to adjust the, whatever needs adjusted. So, you know, but, but he's not programming code either. So, you know, and and he does have a flip phone that he got from ARP, I think, or maybe AAA. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's just balances in there. But what we're talking about is the much more important part of this is as entrepreneurs, not just staying hip, but hip to the tech that's going to work. And I think the the reason I kind of brought this up as a topic, Kevin, was I was being washed over by, you know, just how, how how much stuff keeps changing. It keeps changing rapidly. It's like... Uh, there there are multiple stories about kids abandoning Facebook, for example, Mm -hmm. mostly because older people kind of figured out. It's, you know, they've figured it out. It's not that difficult. They're able to get on. They kind of like it. And then suddenly it's like the kids, you know, I put the kids in air quotes. You know, the kids suddenly abandon it because they don't want to be where the old people are. They they don't want mom looking at their Facebook page. So they're off onto Snapchat or whatever the latest thing is. And there's a sense that if you're not staying hip to this stuff, uh, you're losing it, and of course, as as a marketer, I would say, well, stay hip to the stuff that your audience is staying hip to. So, if you're going after a uh, a business owner audience, you're probably not going after millennials anyway. So, don't don't worry about staying hip with what the what the kids are doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you do need to stay hip with what you need to be one of the hippest guys in your crowd among your audience. So, you mm-hmm. need to be well, at least a little bit ahead of them. Yeah, you know.
0: Good point. Yeah, if sometimes i'm shocked to be if i'm around other parents of my age or something and they just yeah they know facebook and that's about the extent of it and 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 you know things that i take like a webinar they go what the heck does that mean what is a webinar (laughs) right
1: well it's you know it's 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 funny because that's you know i i you know i i drag stan into um uh, becoming a partner with me back in, I forget, 2006 or something, when I just said, Hey, uh, this thing is really catching on online. You know, a lot of the marketers come on. This, the things that people are doing now online are are setting the tone and laying down the framework for how the web is going to be used by marketers for the next, I don't know, 50 years. Or so I was, I was making a guess. Hmm. And he came on and he saw that it was true. You know, we, you know, uh, we met uh, Frank Kern before he had a business. We met, uh, uh, Jeff Walker, you know, before yeah. product launch for him, it was even a glimmer in his eye. You know, we started hanging out with these guys. And, you know, they were they were really cutting edge, but cutting edge meant knowing what AdWords was, you know, at the time. You <laughs> know, like, like Perry Marshall yeah. hadn't yet become the guy behind AdWords. He was doing other stuff. Yeah. But it was like, it was just interesting to me being able to be around these, what were essentially the robber barons of the 21st century, the guys who were... You know, you know back in the original Robert barons were the guys that laid the railroads down that made them that kind of connected the the coast of, of America and and with the middle and everything and, and it just changed everything and 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 pioneered the industrial age which changed the way we make things it turned us into a consumer economy it's just radical change all the way down the line and you know I don't think that there's going to be another radical change like that even having flying cars and and skis skateboards and, and, and things like that that's not the big social changer that the web was you know when, yeah. when it became viable for markets which changed which just pretty much turned everything on its head yeah so so there's there's a sense i think of guys certainly my age who just feel like they're it's like oh what now you know my kids uh, kevin you brought a periscope you know uh, yeah. uh it was a hot thing it was the darling of all the ads right. but what's happening is the same old thing of you know What's the? uh, uh, I can't think of the name of it now. But the 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 hacker magazines and all the magazines. You know, there used to be PC and PC World. You know, were the only mags out there. Now there's a whole bunch of them. Wired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wired was the one I was actually thinking Mm of, and they still got to come up with headlines and new subjects every month just yeah. like a regular old magazine and if they're weeklies you know or or if they're doing daily blogs they got to do it daily it's the same old grind that everybody's felt since the since Gutenberg invented the press so so they come up with new stuff and they're creating the anxiety that we then feel you know it, it's it's funny to me when i talk to 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 you because i you know it's like we're canaries in the mine i'm i'm the canary in the mine um For older people, I guess, you know, so you look at me and you can see where uh, because I hang out with so many guys who are early adopters that I get wind of stuff early on that doesn't make me a super hip guy never learned the code. But I'm aware of a lot of things, yeah. And you know, the the canary in the mine is what they used to carry. Miners used to carry canaries down, and when the air would get bad, the canary would drop dead first before the humans would start dropping dead. So if they looked up and Tweety had fallen off his perch, then <laughs> it was time to hightail it out of there because yeah. the, they had tapped into a carbon monoxide chain or something. So right. for 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 entrepreneurs, this this idea of having people older, younger than you. And way younger than you, stop looking at people as being threats to you in your existence and your happiness and rather see them as, you know, your own canaries. It's like if suddenly guys like you weren't on Facebook at all or were doing something else, I'd want to find out what happened, what that shift was. Mm. And so you're kind of like the canary for me. For guys in that bracket, just, you know, hip yeah, right. uh, uh, entrepreneurs, just that one section down below me. For you, there's probably somebody even below, lower than that. And I, I hang out with guys. I, I, I have a wide range of friends yeah. who are even younger. They're still in their mid-20s or so. They're still making it. And what are they paying attention to? And, of course, it's it's great satisfaction for old geezers like me to see a lot of them come back to, you know, a lot of these guys who made it really hip online are now essentially doing jobs from the '90s and '80s, they're regular old business consultants now. They're, yeah. you know, they may make use of the web selling and insurance, rates, yeah, mm-hmm. but they're back on the tele on their landline. Sometimes, yeah. you know, yes. in their office, you know, with the computer turned off, taking care of business in the same old ways everyone used to. So,
0: yeah, I think you know, there's a couple of things here. Uh, what we're, 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 we're touching on that we could uh, dig into. One of them is um, the idea of like, what, what matters? You know, like yes. stuff comes so fast now. Like my thing with Periscope was uh, literally, you know, it, it popped out of nowhere. First couple of times I saw it, I was like, whatever that, is, who cares? And then it was like, everybody was like, ah, Periscope's the thing. It's revolutionizing everything. If you're not hip to Periscope, you're left behind, you know
1: and just to just to clarify, wasn't that the thing where you posted a video and it disappeared after
0: uh, well, an hour? you you could save it, yeah, but it, it stays up for I want, I want to say 30 days. so so the idea is you uh, can just you know at any given time uh, go live uh, with video and mm-hmm. you could sit there and talk to your can- your phone or you could show what's going on. you know and then people if they're following you, They'll get alerts that you've got a periscope or a scope going right now, and there's
1: an urgency built in because yeah, it will and, yeah. and
0: and in the, and it's it's coolest fashion. The the times I've seen it where I went, this is badass. Uh, I saw Ringo Starr was was uh, scoping as he walked, you know, into Capitol Records to go get his uh, uh, you know star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh, cool! So that was pretty cool, right? Uh, and somebody on the Rolling Stones tour crew was out on stage with it just before the show started, and it, it, you know, so it's like, wow, man, like, there's... But those,
1: those are lost to uh, history now? Uh, well, yeah, yeah.
0: well the, they might, yeah, they could, yeah, the, the Stones could decide to post it up somewhere forevermore. You could put it up on YouTube, but it's not like Snapchat where it vanishes instantly. I think mm-hmm. it might stay up for a month in archive if you're following that person, right? So... Marketers see this and they go, oh, my God, I get to, I get to, you know, if I could build a following on there, now I'm catching people in this whole new medium. Uh, And here's the thing that drove me crazy about it. On one hand, it's all about being really real. And this sort of ties into what we're talking about with, you know, being hip, being yourself, like this whole idea of transparency and being raw and let people, you know, really see who you are and what your life is like. Uh, and, and, Periscope does that in a sense, uh, you have to be willing to be transparent to make it work, but here's where it went shitty. Like immediately for me is, you know, some marketer somebody I respect would say, Hey, come check me out on Periscope. I'm about to reveal the three reasons, uh, you know, th- you know, my three top reasons to, to get higher open rates with email or, or something that I thought, okay, this is somebody I trust. I know they do very well with email. Let me go check this out. So you tune in. There they are in some restaurant uh, ordering dinner. <laughs> and, they're like, and they're basically saying, all right, there's you know, 420 people here with me, and I'm having a martini. And uh, if you, when we get to 600 people, I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you my three things. <laughs> Hey, screw you, dude. You know, like (laughs) I just made time to stop what I was doing to get. Why would I want this? It's it's cool for a second to see where you are and what's this restaurant. And, and, but after that, I'm not going to sit there for 15 minutes while you beg people to go tell their friends to come on this thing. It feels very, I feel manipulated, you know? And and so, um, and then all of a sudden, I I didn't hear another word about Periscope, right? And I'm like, I was just laughing, going, is that even still a thing? Like literally three weeks ago, every big marketer that I respect and feel like is plugged in was saying it's the second coming and uh now not another word. And so that makes you just go, Man, what like what am I gonna pay attention to? How do you pick and choose? And I think it all just comes back to, you know, like, man, communicate the way that you would naturally communicate and then you will organically attract your best prospects through that process if you write long copy write long copy write long emails and because your best buyer is someone who will freaking read it right if you have yeah. a severe add uh you know keep everything under 60 seconds and, and at some point you'll have to have a longer conversation i think to to sell anything but you know there's it, it, all these distractions, but at the end of the day, it comes down to just, you know, find the vehicle that fits you best. Like, look at you with Facebook, John. Uh, you know, it's, it's a medium that I feel that you adopted to your voice. Yes, it's 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 not as long as a blog post of yours would be, but a, a lot of the same principles and, and, and just as much meat often comes across in one of your uh, Facebook posts. And then people are just... A little more apt to comment there than go to the blog, and uh, it's a different type of engagement, right? But you've you've yeah. a, you've made it work for for your voice, where yeah, something like of, Twitter probably doesn't work for you.
1: Yeah, I, I actually gave Twitter a try when it first came out, and I didn't like the limits on the the one hundred and forty character. I got good at it because. Mm-hmm. It, for me, it was like writing captions for photos in the old days when I was yeah, yeah. mocking up things for uh, for magazines uh, and, and and newspapers. You had a certain amount of time. You couldn't have a long caption, so you learned to be very succinct and learn to do stuff. So Twitter was good as an exercise, but I I, I never I, I still have a Twitter account. I haven't looked at. It. I think I have fifteen gazillion you know followers and i haven't tweeted in five years so I, I you know that that baffles me too but in facebook everybody wants to tell you how to do it and i i've never paid any attention to that so yeah i do have a very idiosyncratic way of, of using facebook which mark zuckerberg continually tries to thwart <laughs> i know he wakes up in the morning rubbing his hands and goes, how can we fuck carlton today you know
0: and by the way you Would, say, I I have I have adopted your trick of putting the link in the first comment but yeah. surely they're on to that right Oh yeah I mean what's next you know
1: Well it's like you can beat the robots but they keep sicking humans on who think <laughs> now what is what are they doing now you yeah. know how are they getting around this And you know it this all comes back to just a just a comment on on the other thing you were saying about you know losing out You know people have a feeling that you know there was a time in my career and and i I'm sure you've had this too, but they're getting more they're getting less common for guys at your age in in my career I had a handle on direct mail print and broadcast um advertising i mean I had a handle I had it wired. And that lasted for about 20 years. So it was like I was yeah. able to feel smug about it, go deep with it, and get to become an expert on top of an expert and just and just really, really become very familiar with all the different parts of that. And, you know, back then I would encounter someone who had only... You know who had never really understood direct response. So when they do a TV commercial for their pizza parlor, they just put themselves in the hands of whatever charlatan ad agency was in town, yeah. who would do some stupid ass commercial that would last for a while, bring in no customers, and then you know the place would go broke from spending the broadcast, uh, uh, you know the the the, the media yeah. payments, yeah, yeah budget, and and they felt out of it. And, and for me, it was like I was like that smug programmer now who laughs when people, you know, screw up their iPhone uh, update, update yeah. you know, because, you know, you know, it's an update. Of course, things go wrong. You need to learn PHP code if you're even going to turn on your computer. You know, what's wrong with you? Right. And, and, you know, it's, it, there's a sense around that I'm feeling now of losing it, losing touch with what's important and what's real. Mm. <clears throat> when Time Magazine comes out with, a, you know, the kids aren't using Twitter or, uh, you know, the kids aren't using Facebook anymore. Mm-hmm. Or anecdotal stuff from people say, oh, yeah, my kid refuses to be on Facebook. Those stories went around for a while. Then it's like, well, geez, now I'm ensconced on Facebook, so should I abandon it or should I go? And, and there's this constant questioning of yourself. And yeah. for, for as you get older, you can start to accumulate these experiences of when that was real and when it wasn't real. Yeah. And I will use the Beatles as, as an example. I was... 12 or 13, I think I was uh, just turned 13 when the Beatles uh, were on Ed Sullivan in January of 64, I believe. And um, so I was in the perfect demographic, I was in the heart of that uh, of that demo. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was easy for me to kind of fall in love with them and the whole British music scene and rock and roll and all of this stuff, That was easy for me. For my, you know, poor father, it was noise. It was white noise. And I, I, you know, it took me a long time, halfway through my life, finally I encountered rap in the 90s. And I said, what the hell is this? To me, it was noise, you know. Uh, And my first thought was, this is what pop felt back when rock and roll was going on. So at first, people will fight it. Back then, as far as the Beatles, they, they hit, you know, the kids loved it. And anybody who wasn't paying attention said, "Flash in the pan, they'll be gone soon. It's horrible. They're they're ugly. Blah blah blah." And then those people very quickly started to become ostracized. People lost their jaunty positions. I, you can see YouTubes of. Uh, YouTube is, is, that, is that is that the right word? I know I think YouTube you should, videos yeah. of Dean Martin on his show introducing the Rolling Stones. And I I, I suggest you look it up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can tell he's disgusted. Mm-hmm. And he says something, he's holding a cocktail, he's in his tux on his show, and he says, And here are some long haired guys. He says, well, you get a haircut, way, or something, and then introduces the Rolling Stones. And for me, I would have watched the Rolling Stones. And it was a great, great little early thing. It's like sixty-five, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And Dean Martin isn't even aware at that point that he's losing his cool. Right. He was Rat Pack cool for about I don't know 15, 20 years, top of the game. Right. <clears throat> and he, there was there was that cuss. He was about to lose it because he wasn't being tolerant of what was going on. Right. Other guys went too far in the other direction hmm. and started buying Beetle wigs at the local <laughs> five and dime and wearing them to work. You know, so you got a you got a fifty year old pot belly guy <laughs> in suspenders wearing a Beetle wig, smoking a cigar. <laughs> you know, trying to be with it and and you know that 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 image is cartoonish but i will tell you it happened wow and then and then and then what they started doing is they started doing things they could do they grew their sideburns out they started yeah. growing their hair a little bit longer and then the late 60s and the early 70s happened and it, and it just got all out of hand and i i i distinctly remember some guy at a party i think i was probably 18 years old or something i was at a uh, went to a party a girl was throwing and her parents were there having a cocktail party at the same time. It was a great little clash of, you know, stoner kids, you know, hogging the uh, record player, playing, you know, Jimi Hendrix and uh, uh, Big Brother and the Holding Company. While the people with their cocktail glasses in the other room were like cringing from the noise. It wasn't even that loud. As I recall. And this one gentleman. <clears throat> who was impossibly old, he was probably 30, I'm guessing, at the time, comes over to me and just starts berating me. It's like, why do you guys do this? Why, why do you grow your hair long like that? Why do you dress like that? Do you understand you're not fitting in? It? It's like blah, blah, blah. And he's just reading me a riot act. And I just looked at him for a while and then walked away. Later in the party, I'm going to say three hours later, he's had more cocktails. He tracks me down again. He kind of ventures into where the kids are, and you know we're 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 doing some you know bad stuff in there. And he takes me aside. He says, "You know, I've been thinking about it, John." He says, "He says I've been thinking about who you are and what's going on." He says, "And I'm very serious about this. I want you to move in with Susan and I and live in our house. <laughs> and, and you know, I will sponsor you and your you know." I, he, he, so he went from hating me to thinking that I was going to be the answer to his feeling lost. But even wow. as an 18-year-old kid, I remember thinking, this guy is lost. Hmm. And he feels like the world is passing by. And there was kind of a handing over of the uh, of the control panel to, yeah. to the younger crowd. Really dumb to hand over the controls to people as young as we were because we were idealistic, really stupid, inexperienced, and, you know, uh, you know, so it, it just led to Nixon getting elected d- during the backlash. But that's, you know, kind of started the culture wars, the the intergenerational conflicts. Right. But it's good to understand this. And it, it, the root of it is in this sense of losing touch with what's going on. When guys like Dean Martin, who are the epitome of cool on Thursday, suddenly are being mocked on Saturday for everything they stand for. Yeah. Um, that's a huge uh, cultural shift that they will fight they w- They don't want it to happen. I mean, we're seeing this in in every part of society right now. But for the entrepreneur, it's good to keep a handle on it. You can have a detached view of what's going on, right. and and watch it and be rueful about it. But pay very close attention and do a lot of critical thinking on your own behavior. Are you still har- harboring unconscious race- racist thoughts now? You know, it's. I think that's the big. Yeah. Thing for for a lot of people, they just you know I, I talk about my extended family real, real quick, Kevin mm-hmm, is you know it, 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 I I have family back in 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 the South, uh, haven't seen them for years, ah. but back in you know I used to see them back in the sixties and seventies, and they were sweet people who would give you the shirt off their back. They were kind, they were generous, they tried to live a, cor- a life according to, you know a a do unto others as you would have them doing to you type of thing. They were very good people who were also unconscious bigots. I mean, it was just it was it was shocking to my West Coast ears to hear them, uh, you know, speak in racist terms about some, some people of whom many were my friends and stuff. And it was like I was shifting that the the thing with gay marriage, you know, the shift that happened on that. It's like younger people who said, wait, you know, this this is not the battle you thought it was to older people. Some are catching on. Some aren't. I can't believe I'm st- sticking my toe into politics here. Mm-hmm. But it's 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 this sense of. I've been seen I've been seeing it raise its ugly head multiple times over the, the years as I've watched generation after generation come up after me. Mm-hmm. And it's just being able to pay attention to that has helped me not get locked into my own uh, belief systems. It's like I'm, I every time something grades against me and I think like rap music, I think, well, wait, this is noise and I stop and I think, no. Right. That's that that's that me, the entrenched, you know inner part of me not wanting things to change. And I started thinking about it. and I started looking about it, you know. And I've got, you know, I've I've, I've got rap on my on my, uh, uh, you know, iTunes list now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just give give up trying to fight things mm-hmm. that don't deserve to be fought. However, at the same time, like like the thing with Periscope, you need to be able to discern what's important and what's not. It's this it's this incredible balancing act. So yeah, yeah.
0: and it's you know, sorry. It's right again, it, this is why it's such an interesting topic to me, because there's two arguments for everything we're talking about. And in, in basically this: It's like, uh, take an extra minute to find out if something is more significant than you think it might be. But if you find out it's not, or if yeah. you come back to it three times and it's not resonating, it's perfectly fine to move on and not give a shit that's right <laughs> uh and what rap is sort of a good example of that it uh look you know what i find is that um i i discover things that are 20 30 years old all the time like you know what i just discovered you know my favorite what? new artist of the last six months is what um um oh why well, am i forget his name now this is terrible uh uh, uh you'll never find what's that about his name? oh
1: um uh uh well, that's Lou Rawls. Lou
0: Rawls, thank you. And yeah. uh, Lou Rawls, man, and oh, like some, something about Lou Rawls' uh, voice—I just, you know, heard it right at the right time. And I've heard him sing for my whole life, and I just went, "Holy smokes!" Like this guy was doing it in in a way that just no one else could. You know, it's not just that he was this baritone; it's just the way he 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 he, he sang. And I got really into him and listened to all his records and was interested in his history. And then I find out, my listen to this, my wife's science teacher, Mister Rawls, Lou Rawls' brother. No way! Can you imagine that? So here I am trying to get in the mood to put on some Lou Rawls, and she's got this like twitch like 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 there's going to be a quiz, you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're hearing that voice like totally differently because his brother was had just as much style in that same voice, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, um, the, the, my point is, you know, if, if, if something, uh, shows up in my life and I'm, I'm with you, you know, on that point of, you, you know, you can hear yourself sometimes being dismissive of something and yeah. then you go, well, wow, All right. That other voice goes, ah, hang on, man. You being an old guy here or should you check that out a little bit more? And then if you make time to check it out and it's still not for you, Move on, man. It, it, it's like the other thing you say that I love that really instantly changed my perception about this was if a book is boring you after yeah. how you know twenty thirty pages, you have every right to chuck it against the the wall and let it fall into the trash can with a nice thud.
1: Absolutely. In fact, a good routine. I don't know if you we we should have probably thought about this. I'm not sure what my routine is, but I'd be curious to know what your routine is. Maybe we'll do that for another call if you can't think of it now. Of how you do check things out. Mm-hmm. It's like Periscope. What I did with Periscope is I read, I first found out about it reading a story on, I don't know, slate.com or something maybe. And then I I kind of checked out, tried to find um, somebody trashing it because, you know, it's like w- when I want to find out the political things that are going on, I'll check out, you know, a left-wing side and then a right-wing yeah. side. I want to see what the two complete polar opposites That's are right away.
0: detective in you, yeah.
1: Yeah, right. So which doesn't mean you're going to see the there's no there's not there's never a perfect middle way to to look at things. But there but you can't have a good opinion about something until you look at somebody who's raving about it and somebody who is who is trashing it. And the thing I like about slate.com is there's a lot of uh contrarians on there who just their job is when they sit down to the right they're never going to do a raw raw piece. They're going to sit down and say, "How can I how can I harsh everybody's mellow about this thing going on, you know? Right. So it's like, what, what's interesting is now with the recent stock, stock market, you know, ups and downs, every, since everybody was freaking out, you've got articles on Slate saying, calm down, you know, it's going to be fine. And they almost never say that on other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they, they want everybody to be That's saying, true. it's going to be fine. It's going to be, no, no, you ought to freak out. China is you know going to fall off the face of the earth. So, You know, there's, you know, that's a that's a good technique. Just just start, you know, calming yourself. uh, uh, For me, market research and being a, a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a detective about this calms me down, because if you're feeling left out or you're feeling lost or something, look into it. Um, you know be the old don't be the old guy that just says well the kids are wearing long hair so I'll put on a beetle wig you know <laughs> it, don't be that guy but, but you know maybe maybe dig beneath the the surface of this what are they doing oh they're, they're rebelling you know why are they rebelling well one of the big discoveries for me certainly in the early 70s as I went into college and and edged up into adulthood where, where I was dragged kicking and screaming by the way yeah. <clears throat> was, you know, just the, the idea of change, the idea of of being moving away from a stage you're in to a new stage. Mm. Um, you can't be a man-child and be a parent, for example. That, that doesn't work very well. You've got to make some radical changes sometimes. Sometimes they're forced upon you. Sometimes you can't wait for them to happen. And sometimes it's just time for you to sit down and think. And you can carve your own way out. You know, being a parent doesn't mean you have to go get a regular job with the man and stop your entrepreneurial dreams, for example. That's never been the case. But you may have to make adjustments, your family may have to make adjustments. There's a lot of things going on there that you have to change that are different than the guy who just takes a job in a corporate cubicle somewhere and and puts his nose to the grindstone for 30 years to make sure his kids get get all the way to college. There are other ways to do it. That's a perfectly reasonable, rational way to do it, and there's no shame in doing it that way. But to think that there's only one way to go through this, one way to do anything, is just absolutely not true. So as far as, as the web and how many apps you have, You know, it's good to have somebody who's like super hip and somebody who's super dumb Mm -hmm. and not hip around you so you can kind of see what the polar opposites are. It's like like I remember when Ed Dale was all excited on Twitter, actually. This is years ago when Angry Birds, you know, when the app finally happened. And I thought. Uh, okay so i went and i looked at it and i you know even got a hold of ed and it's like ed what the you know and, and it turns out he's just a gaming addict you know it's just he loves yeah, that right. stuff and he yeah. loves that and, and i have my own gaming things you know I'm, I'm a i'm a sucker for words with friends i'm constantly playing yeah. three games at a time with my sister <clears throat> who is seven years older than me and taught me how to uh you know cheat with younger kids in the, in you know playing <laughs> board games and stuff yeah. and she, she just instilled this love of competition and love of doing everything you can to win and but being a gracious winner but still just just really you know it's it's it's, it's like when 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 I played racquetball, I played racquetball who weren't very with people who weren't very good mm. and I never had fun. I wanted to play with the guy who was always going to beat me. Yeah. I I I I wanted something to strive for. I I want you know I was fine losing three games in a row, but I wanted to lose by two or three points. You know, if I was losing by 10 at the start. You know. Right. And having that uh in the equivalent of the tech world, having somebody who's so achingly hip, you know, they're they spent the morning writing code and they're, they're, uh, you know, the, the, all they read is is tech manuals and they're very, very hip. Having those guys around can be, doesn't have to be scary and daunting. Find right. some common ground and sometimes they can, you know, let you know. It's like your explanation of Periscope, you know, we keep coming back to that. Perfect example. Yeah. So, but if, but now ch- take out Periscope and put in the words Facebook and take it back five years. You know, and and think about what happened when you actually got on the Facebook. What happened? Right. You know, there are still people that we know, Kevin, who refuse to acknowledge that Facebook even exists. <laughs> yeah, and these are guys entrepreneurs in the yeah. business. Yeah. it's hilarious. <laughs> and we know people who still use flip phones. Flip phones are coming back. Oh, by the oh. way, people are in the cities are getting their uh, iPhones ripped off too often. Or, they're oh, wow, back to a flip phone.
0: That's hilarious. I know a, a T9 remember trying to type with that crazy ass T9 whatever that was that keyboard that would try to find the word you wanted that was oh. crazy <laughs> uh, but yeah that's a good point I I distinctly remember the first time every anybody ever mentioned Facebook to me and it was so early that it was still just a college thing cuz he was a comic working the college circuit and he's like and he's like yeah it's this amazing thing he said it's where all the college kids hang out and if I go on, I can go straight uh, to the school's sort of page uh, before I come into town and, and and I get kids excited. And he was working the system back in whatever year that would have been, you know. That,
1: interesting. He found a way to actually monetize it by by applying it to his career. Yeah, very well, interesting. Yeah, thing. way
0: back then, and because uh, there are
1: people now, you know, trying to monetize Facebook, and some are making it work with the ads. Yeah, but most aren't.
0: Right. Yeah. So. Well, you know, the real money now is is in this, uh, you know, doing really exactly what you're doing, John. It, it, people, are, I think, are finding, yeah, you can run ads and, and that certainly can be profitable. But if, if you can, again, use that uh, next level of transparency and, and rawness and, you know, provide some real content and inspiration, uh You know, people will choose you to help them solve the problem. They may not even be sure they have yet, but they just tap into uh, your own philosophies. And I'm sure you've had this happen, John, where people reach out and they go, you know what, John, I'm not even sure. I know you probably don't take copy jobs anymore, but I just know you're the guy to help me solve this problem. So can I, can I buy some of your time? Right, I mean, again, yeah,
1: you, you co- got to look at it as as part of the funnel. You remember Dan Kennedy's talk at AWAI last year, where he actually had a slide talking about his funnel.
0: Yes, which sure.
1: starts with his books that go out and work through all the various things up gestation to gestation period. Yeah, the gestation made period, made of nauseous. working all the way through the. Um, he understood the lifetime value of somebody who bought a freaking book of his, even yeah. if the book was was twenty five years old. And he and 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 he had a very, a very simple plan that was nevertheless somewhat complex in that it was a long funnel. He was patient and willing yeah. to wait a long time. So so he knew what was going on. So like Facebook as part of a funnel mm. makes sense. Yeah. And probably everybody needs to think about their entire uh, career, uh, either whether you're getting clients as a freelance writer, whether you're a business guy looking for new prospects to turn into customers. Look at everything you do as part of that funnel and. If you're wasting time on Facebook because everybody all of your friends are family and not somebody who's going to buy your cars or whatever, yeah. then that's probably a waste of time. If you've branched out though, if you've used it in different ways and you're bringing in people who are finding out about you and personality matters to them and they want to buy a car from you because, you know, they they like that you like dogs, for example, and you're a big rescue guy on Facebook, then that's part of the funnel. It can be unconscious at first as you're as you're reaching out. But, you know, yeah, I I, I come back to Twitter. I still don't get Twitter. To me, Twitter is like going into a crowded party and running through the room, just catching snatches of conversations and never sitting down and actually talking to someone. That's what I liked about Facebook. It's like walking in a room full of people and sitting down and actually having a conversation with somebody and actually waiting for them to respond to you and going back and forth. Right. And um, blogs were more like sitting down with a good book or a magazine and and reading an article. So all of these have their place. If you can make Twitter work, if you're trying to capture the... Uh, attention of a, of a few people and bring them out of Twitter onto your site through links that you're doing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or you want to be the guy who's the aggregator, who is, you know, oh, I, I wonder what Kevin's doing now. I wonder what he's reading now. You know, people ask us all the time, you know, what's your reading list, what's your, yeah. what's your, what kind of apps are on your phone, things like that. They they, they want a hint. Go ahead and use that kind of stuff. Ask people that stuff all the time. Ask your customers, what are you reading now? Yeah. How many apps are on your phone? Which which ones are the ones that you use? That we should post that article you had Kevin that you sent over about what makes a uh, an oh, app addicting. addictive. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably post that. We're coming up on the end of the show here so we can't really get into it now, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I was just listening to O uh, to uh, NPR yesterday and mm-hmm. they were talking about uh, the economy, but they interviewed a guy in a, a city in China about how the street economy was. And he was talking about a restaurant that had just closed because they were caught um, smearing opium on their plates. Wow! And this is an old Chinese trick going uh-huh. way back to get you addicted to the restaurant. And I was laughing, and the guy was laughing. They said the new restaurant's pretty much the same Sichuan food, but without the opium smear. And I was laughing, <laughs> but I remember as a kid. You know, being about five years old and starting to shake thinking I needed a Coca-Cola, you know, because of the caffeine and the sugar in there. I was, you know, I was addicted to coca I used to think I yeah. really want a Coca-Cola. Right. And and it's like we're doing, you know, we we do the same thing. So the idea, we're very addictive personalities. And I think that that article kind of explains it pretty cool about what brings people in. But because a lot of people understand it, the first people who are doing apps were all over the map. I remember when Joel Kahn came out with his Fart app. Right. It was one of the first apps and still remains a highly downloaded app, I think of people who just have an app where you punch it and it has a different fart sound. I mean, okay. And My then... Kids, that was-
0: I still think that's hilarious yeah,
1: yeah. And, and, and it actually took a while for facebook as i recall to have an app you know you used to have to go to facebook.com and log in and all that stuff and then then it became an app and now people are thinking well what about angry birds and what about the lady and candy crush was a good yeah. cautionary tale right. people got into candy crush the company that made it i can't think of the name of it this is kind of a i haven't checked on it in a while maybe maybe they turned it around but they went public, made a lot of money, and the idea was with Candy Crush that they had somehow cracked the code on making addictive things, but every other game they put out bombed. Yeah. And it's kind of like a company that I consult with who has a great ad on ClickBank, they form a company, they get a membership site going and they and they keep going and, and my question to them, my question to them is have you repeated that ad success yet? Because it's going to get tired. And they'll say, well, yeah, sales, they're, they're consulting with me because sales are down. Mm-hmm. Cause things are happening. I go, well, have you, they, well, we've tried, but they've all bombed. I said, then you don't have a business. You have an ad Right. and ads tire out. And it's kind of like, if you have an app and you form this company around the app and you somehow, you know, you reverse engineer and think, well, we figured it out. So instead of Candy Crush, you come out with Candy Bomb or whatever, yeah. and it doesn't work. You think, well, why didn't it work? Well, you know, were you in the right place at the right time, you know, with just the right, right amount of PR was, you know, were famous people somehow seen, you know, working with or whatever, trying to find the formula from one success in anything, ads, games, apps, anything is a huge mistake. It's like I, I used to talk about a lot of the my competition in the guru market back in the day were guys who did the equivalent of walking up to the to the plate uh, to face Roger Clemens, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and closed their eyes. And he threw a fastball. They swung and they hit the ball and it went up the middle for a hit. They put the bat down, never took another swing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and claimed that they mm-hmm. were experts at baseball. Right. And that anecdote still stands with a lot of people out there doing stuff. So as far as staying hip, you can be hip to something. You can you can think you got. Let's use Facebook. You can be you can have Facebook wired. You got it down. It's working for you. You understand the ads. You get into it, <clears throat> and it's not much different than AdWords, by the way. When you when you when you actually get into the advertising side of it, right. then. You know, that doesn't mean you're a marketing genius. That means you've figured that out. Use that. Be aware of that. And don't say, I'm a marketing genius because I figured out Facebook. Just tell yourself, I figured out Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And, go ahead.
0: I'm sorry. But it's a great point. And it's the difference between the, the content and, and the medium, right? I remember a story about a, a, a guy who <clears throat> was the first one to think to uh, put the Bible on an app and all, all it was, was the Bible on an app. And so you buy the app and it, you, maybe it had some chapter headings and you could easily click to a certain Psalm or something. But beyond that, it literally was just, here's a PDF of the Bible, right? Uh, and the guy was making, you know, 5K a month or something, passive income from this app, which to him was unbelievable. You know, he'd been working 20, 30 hours to make, you know, 2,500 a month maybe, right? Before that. And he just felt like this was the crime of the century. And it was. But that, you know, that guy, and then he, I remember him saying in the interview, he tried a couple things since then that just didn't work nearly as well. And he thought, you know, this will probably run out someday. But like, for me right now, it's like winning the lottery in slow motion. I'm just enjoying it, right? Yeah. And, uh. And so, But that thing will will go on to sell and sell and sell until somebody else comes in and just comes up with a better uh, version and a better advertised version of the same thing. But the reason he didn't, there was nothing to sell. There's nothing, you know, he didn't need to invent anything new or go, you know, think through a game or a puzzle. It was It was something people already want and he just put it in the new medium. And I think that's what it keeps coming back to is, What's the content? Is it something that's going to resonate? Is it something that people actually use, you know? Uh, or you know, if we if you're a marketer, or uh, like you said on the other side, is it just are you tapping into this pure addiction? I mean, look at uh, slot machines, how they've gone from pulling the the one arm bandit. You just punching the buttons, right? Yep. And, yep, and yep. you know, that same effect. People are so addicted now. Yeah. They're throwing away their whole life savings you know, in a weekend in Branson. <laughs> and
1: people it's... people don't understand the slot machines are all pretty similar. The Beverly Hillbilly slot machine and the I dream of Genie slot machine operates on the same principle, just with different pictures on yeah. the that they use. It's still the same game and it's it's a game that's been very worked out. You know, I just I just want to add that. You know, there was a restaurant here that got flooded out. It was a very famous, very old, very respected Italian family who served great Italian food. And they got caught in a flood. This is about 20 years ago. And I remember this place moved to a new building. And I went over and I saw the new building they they went to. And it was their old one had been downtown where a lot of people walked around. They knew where it was. And they went to this new place where they sacrificed a little bit of parking and easy to get to because they got their new modern building. Mm-hmm. So instead of this old, you know, dark uh, brick building that got flooded, they now have this bright new building. And they lasted about three months yeah. and 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 w- went out of business. What they they didn't understand, they thought it was, they had they had broken it down wrong. They thought it was the food and them or something, and mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was the it was the atmosphere. It was a lot of things going on and foot traffic. Mm. So, you know, there's that. And then then the other thing I, I want to say before we wrap up is mm. in my career for a vi- for decades was I was the young punk at the table who walked in and disturbed the older guys and shook things up and brought a fresh attitude to what was going on in marketing and, and copyright and things like that suddenly one day I look up and I'm 20 years older than the next oldest guy at the table. So I'm no longer the young punk. And I had to shift very much. That all happened, you know, in the in the 2000s. And it's you're gonna have that too. And I say you, it's everybody that's that's listening to this. No matter where you are, you're gonna have your water lose, you're gonna have your your periods where change is forced on you maybe too early the parties it's like you're looking around what was that song by Hank Williams Jr all my rowdy friends have settled down yeah,
0: right you know
1: or you know it's like they're turning off the lights the bar's closed the party's over guys you know it's like it's time to move on don't be that guy who gets caught in thinking i want it to be 1977 again you know and, or i uh, you know I, I i hate that i don't understand whatever it is the kids are doing online and I want them to quit and I'm going to be angry and reactionary and stuff. It's just check it out. If it's stupid, it's stupid. Kids do stupid things and they drop them and the kids will flock to something for a while until it's no longer hip and then they'll move to something else. You can't predict it. You can't get in front of it and trying to follow it is a fool's errand. So find that solid, kind of middle ground where you're doing the essential stuff. Facebook ain't going away. It's entrenched. There's a lot of Google's going to try to take down Facebook. Yahoo's going to everybody's going to try to take it down. It's just not going to happen because of the entrenched nature of it. They're now Walmart. It's like yeah. go ahead and try to take down Walmart in your town. You know, it's right. it's 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 an uphill battle. So so and accept things and just and just say, okay, this this is real. This is ephemeral. This is uh this is new and has maybe has something going and then you know give it an eye but get into a routine and you know go ahead and sample stuff go go play angry birds or whatever the new you know i use angry birds or plants and zombies what those are 10 years old now clash of clans yeah (laughs) yeah clash of clans which has great commercials by the way i love the commercials yeah well no not even the little characters no that's not clash of clans that's um What's the one where they got uh, they got oh, right. yeah, uh, guys the park- on pigs with axes, <laughs> <and> <laughs> That's skeletons with bombs? And- yeah,
0: again, th- those are all like the same platform. They just give them different yeah. themes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, It's the same game. So so figure it out, you know, find out ways to get by. Nobody's being left behind unless you agree to be left behind. There's no reason for you to become the crotchety old guy, uh, you know, you know, anecdotally yelling, get off my lawn online, (laughs) you know, and demanding that everybody stop progressing so fast, which a lot of people do. They get angry. It's like, stop it. Just stop. Yeah. Not going to happen. The world is not going to is not going to say, oh, uh, Ed's. Ed's upset. We better slow down progress. Right,
0: exactly. Not going to happen. Yeah, they're just going to politely wait for you to leave the room and then I'll crack up. Uh, (laughs) Well, I I vote for a title of this episode, Pot Belly in a Beatles Wig. (laughs) How how to Grow Gracefully into Aging Hipster Status. Uh, (laughs) Might be a cool... um, uh, So, yeah, this was great. Uh, Really interesting topic. And, uh, yeah, just, you know... It, for anybody of any age, and like you say, you know, probably for anybody under thirty-five or thirty, listen to this. They're gonna go, ah, these are these old guys. But like you say, man, I'm forty-five now, and I see the world through thirty-year-old eyes. I cannot believe uh, my age, and so I just refuse to believe my. It doesn't matter, um, and I, you know, I, I'm I work out harder. I I'm more adventurous than I've ever been in my life. And, you know, uh, I know the same is f- true for you, John. You, uh,
1: you- I have never been more content in my entire life. And, yeah. and contentment was something that eluded me for many, many years. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an essential part of happiness. Mm-hmm. One last thought that I got to say when you brought that up. Mm-hmm. When I was 22 with my hot college girlfriend visiting her parents, we were sitting down one afternoon to- and I was talking with her mother. Her father hated my guts, but her mother seemed open to this. And I remember her telling me, she said, you know, in my head, I'm still your age. She says, I'm still 22 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking she was impossibly old. She was probably, again, 39. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was thinking, you, you're not 22. But she said, and, and that stuck with me for some reason. For some reason, it just it just never left. And I realized as I got older, everybody has an age in their head that they are. Some people are older. Some people are younger. For me, it's about 27. I kind of hit a internal groove. And I think of myself as being... 27 years old, so I'm very shocked when I pass a mirror and I say, "Who's that old guy in the mirror?" Oh, yeah. no longer that strapping young 27 year old. But it's it's that attitude thing. I, at 27, I kind of became more accepting. I started understanding the world the better, and I just a switch a, a switch flipped for me then. And everybody has that. Everybody I've talked to has when they they have to think about it, but they have an age inside of them that they are. It's usually early or late 20s. For some people that yeah. we know, Kevin, it's yeah. three, <laughs> but, you know, you have to incorporate that. So that that's a good way to look at things. Stay, stay young at heart. And boy, I'm going to pay for saying that. Yeah. But it's true. You know, just just, you know, don't try to be a kid or be, you know, hang with the kids. Just find out what they're doing through the lens of your own, you know, your own futile attempts to grow up too fast to be able to negate the world and and recreate it in your own image young kids are idealistic they have to get the idealism knocked out of them it takes a decade or more sometimes and then you you risk getting depressed you you risk a lot of things all of us go through this this trial and error stuff so find that middle ground and for me the big thing is seek a contentment, a contented sense of understanding that there's a lot of new stuff, there's a lot of old stuff, there's stuff that you do well, there's stuff you don't do well, there's things that you could do better at, and just keep keep working at that every day. But never ever freak out that the world is rushing by you, but neither let it rush by you either. It's your fault if you let that happen. Yeah, yeah. I, ho- I hope that makes sense. That's
0: great. No, I love That's it. That's
1: a fortune cookie right there. So.
0: <laughs> uh... Good stuff man. Thanks All John. Right. Uh, this is fun and uh let's keep them rolling. I look yeah. forward to the next one.
1: Yeah, uh, make sure uh, I just I just want to plug my blog john carltoncom You know just just go over there. Um you know I've got a mastermind. I've I've there's a lot of ways to reach me and do things. So, you know, it's uh, I'm, <laughs> excuse me. I'm always stunned that people say, oh, "I want to find more of your stuff." Really, and you haven't looked <laughs> You know, yeah, there's a is, lot of me out there. It is and, all and right Kevin, there. Yeah, yeah, and Kevin, it's, it's the same for you. The uh, Copy Chief. Um,
0: yep. CopyChief.com is my community.
1: CopyChief.com is now your main portal to your life, right? You can yeah, reach it's, the it's, copywriter's it's, edge through that and everything else. So. Yep,
0: exactly right. Yeah, and yeah, so if, yeah, and, and it's true. You're, you've done a nice job of laying out every every way to give more John Carlton in your life right there at john-carlton.com on the right-hand side. Whether you want a, a course, a book, uh, an hour, a month, uh, or a mastermind, right. you know, the man is available. Uh, and so, for you,
1: go go ahead and plug your... Yeah, for me, uh,
0: well, if you want to be around more conversations like this and actually get some real strategies and tactics on how to improve your copywriting, that's why I built Copy Chief. It's a great place to hire a copywriter, but also improve your own copywriting and... Uh, yeah. I think it's
1: great. I th- I think it's great what you did there. So, thanks man. I really enjoyed <clears throat> it. So, uh
0: yeah, and of course, uh we are we also would love you to subscribe to us on iTunes cuz uh we are annoyed at all these uh, young whippersnappers. <laughs> uh, like overnight having uh, 7,000 five-star yeah. reviews and, you know, being the top ranked. Literally watched it happen overnight recently, and it was all a traffic strategy. Doesn't mean it's not a good podcast, but uh i mean it's a
1: good one either so
0: i've always contended that uh our listeners are really enthused and you know i i I see us i see our link dropped all the time when people reach out and go hey what what are you listening to so uh people know what's up but uh thanks for subscribing we only
1: feel the love when you sign up and and leave a leave reviews that's how the itunes robots decide what's worth listening to you gotta
0: please the algorithm that's right
1: please the algorithm i like that (laughs) All Bye. right, man.
0: Uh don't flip your wig and we'll uh <laughs> we'll, we'll talk next time. Thanks, John.
1: Okay, talk to you later. Bye. Okay.